Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Leishio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Leishio. Hello, Flagler County. You know, Rich, a lot of people wouldn't think of uh, Flagler County as being a hotbed of basketball completely, but... I will tell you that today I'm going to the UNF-JU basketball game, the River City Rumble, rivalry game between UNF and JU, and former FPC Bulldog Ivana Boyd is an assistant coach on the JU team. And JU and UNF feature five players who competed in the Bulldog Classic basketball tournament down at FPC that Javier Bavacqua used to host back in the day. So... You know, it'll be interesting because I'm going to go to this game and there, and there's players there that I'm familiar with from other schools because of that Bulldog Classic Tournament. So I'm looking forward to seeing some kids that I haven't seen since high school, catching up with Coach Boyd, who I followed from her days at Flagler College and her coaching career. And it's going to be a good day. Not outside. The weather's not looking promising, but that's not our department. We're sports, not weather. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, yeah, hey, what better to do on a bad weather day to be in in a gym or at home watching on TV sports? It's the best part of it. And we didn't talk about this before the show, but you bring up basketball and you can't get enough of it, especially at this point where the NFL season is officially over. We have a Super Bowl champion. Of course, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I've been telling you that all along, that it was most likely going to happen. And and that's what went down. But now it's official. The NFL is a thing of the past. And unless you're into the United Football League or whatever that is, uh, it's over. No more football. So you get into basketball. You got pitchers and catchers, baseball coming up. We're going to get into all of that. And, and you do have some local stuff to tell us about here. But I have to say this when you bring up basketball uh, here at the top of the show. We've, we've been sprinkling in some New York Knicks here uh, over the past couple weeks. And you mentioned, I think it was your cousin with the hope run, right? Uh, uh, the Knicks aren't another hope run. And no, maybe it's for real this year. And uh, now we just can't have nice things, Mike. The Knicks, I forget what it was. They win 15 of 17 games, nine in mm-hmm. a row. They're on fire. They get up to the second seed in the East. And literally the entire team gets hurt. What is happening here? Julius Randle out. Ananobi out. DiVincenzo was out. Harkenstein out. They just get Bogdanovich. He's out. You know, what's going on here? What happened to this team? I've never seen anything like it. We we just we can't have nice things, Mike. Maybe it was a hope run. God hates the Knicks. That's all I've got for you at <laughs> this happened? point. It's just unfortunate. I've never it, seen anything like this. <laughs> none of these injuries at least at this point in time, seem to be long-term. But it is quite troubling because you've got to stay where you are. You don't want to fall and drop too many of these games because you want to stay out of the play-in round. So you want to stay in that top six. And if you, it, it, there's not a lot of space between them and the, and the seventh seed at this point. It's, it's a very tight Eastern Conference race. So you can't afford to drop too many games. They, were, they got all the way up to the two seed and then – like you said, the bottom dropped out, and they could drop all the way to six or seven if things go completely south. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, look, they're depleted. It's hard. You got to win games, right? And you want to get to the playoffs in a good position where maybe you get the first round. You were thinking big second round uh, uh, with home court advantage as well. That might be out the window here because, you know, you've lost four in a row. I could see them losing a lot more. They just, you know, everybody's hurt. What can you do? Uh, you're going to lose some games here. So it's it's frustrating. And then sometimes you're battling the refs, too, with, with uh, Brunson against nah. the Rockets, you know. Uh, with that awful call, what are you doing? Give me a it's, uh, it, you know, sometimes the, the officials, they just can't stay out of the game. You know, let the players on the court decide the outcome here. And you call a ridiculous call like that at the buzzer, you know, a million feet from the basket. So uh, extremely frustrating. Uh, but hey, you know, maybe maybe there you go. You think about it with with all of our sports teams uh, in New York, the Yankees. Haven't won since 2009. The Mets, you know, <laughs> I mean, they, they haven't won since before the Internet. Um, and, and now you're looking at uh, with the uh, with the Knicks, uh, the same thing since ancient times. It's been a long time. And and you got some hope there. You think you got a superstar and uh, the the basketball gods say, no, wait, everybody, not just one player. You know, Randall goes down it's the whole team is hurt. So, and, and yeah, like you said, maybe these injuries aren't, uh, uh, you know, it's not for months, but maybe it's enough time to where it does knock you down to the seventh seed and you're fighting an uphill battle while everybody gets healthy. Just anyway, extremely frustrating. You bring up basketball. I had to talk about the state of the Knicks because we have talked about them here on the show. And I just, I, I I thought it was impossible, but now I'm I'm feeling like maybe Mike's uh, cousin was right with the hope run and everything. It's just it's just the same thing uh, with the with a different uh, you know a, a different costume on a different look. It, it's it's just I- extremely frustrating as a Nick fan. Anyway, um, Mike, we've got more local sports, right? We certainly do. We have wrestling districts and regionals going on. The FPC girls are in regionals. Uh, last week, they were able to capture the district championship. The FPC girls finished third with four individual winners from FPC and three from Matanzas. Uh, we talked about it on the morning sports yesterday, but one of the su- more surprising players or athletes not to have a win was Kendall Bibler, who finished second to advance to regionals. But Kendall was going against a young lady named Catherine Stewart from Bartram Trail, who they wrestle against each other a lot, in, whether it's in club competitions, it's in uh, it's in wrestling meets and high school meets. They're um, both in the top 20 in the nation. And last week, uh, Catherine got the best of Kendall. Kendall actually got Catherine when it mattered most. She beat her to win the state championship last year. And Kendall's looking to contend for that. Tiana Freeze is looking to make a run as well. So things are looking up for the FPC and Matanzas girls wrestling teams uh, as well. And then we had weightlifting districts and you know that went really well. Our weightlifting, excuse me, weightlifting districts or weightlifting state meet. Um, we had regionals last week and we have the state championship this weekend. We've got um, seven FPC and Matanzas athletes competing there. Matanzas had a playoff game actually on Tuesday. They played River Ridge High School in boys soccer, and River Ridge came out on top, one nil. I was looking at it and I was like, "Why does River Ridge sound familiar?" And then I remembered that um, one of the Flagler College players went to River Ridge, so I guess they've got that on me. While we're in the, on the subject, I, I got called out a couple times for my attire 
at sporting events this week. Rich. Oh. So, you know, folks is doing well, a good job in this county of keeping us fitted. Uh, and I was at the Flagler College softball game, and one of the associate athletic directors at Flagler College is former St. Augustine High School coach Joey Wiles. And he pointed out, he says, Mike, is that what's with the blue jacket? What school is that? I said, it's Matanzas. He says, why are you wearing a Matanzas jacket? You always talk about the alma mater and you're, you know, you're a St. Augustine yellow jacket. And I'm like, coach, I've been the voice of the pirates for 14 years. <laughs> he wasn't buying it. And so then Wednesday night, I go down to FPC boys. Weightlifting was hosting a meet with the land and Spruce Creek. And my nephew lifts for Spruce Creek. And I go in and I, give him a hug and you know one of the people there says what are you doing you know you're at fpc and it's like well i've got an fpc shirt on i mean what more do you want from me it's tough out there yeah <laughs> hey. it was a tough night for fpc but not for everybody they finished third in the meet nick gross fpc weightlifter set a record lifting 250 pounds he set a state record on wednesday night so congratulations to nick we had some District Wrestling, Torian Stallings, and Ethan LePepo won district championships for FPC as well. So, And lacrosse season starting, and then baseball season starting. So there's a lot going on, as always, in the county. And even outside the high schools, Rich, we've got a very special event going on in Flagler County this weekend as well. The Palm Coast Tennis Open. Oh, yeah. That's been going Over on. At the that's a USTA event, so it's a professional event, uh, and it's being held at the Palm Coast Tennis Center. And semifinal matches will continue today, and then tomorrow, weather permitting, <laughs> <laughs> will be the finals matches in, in singles and doubles. It's a men's tournament. Defending champion Gabby Rutan has advanced this far, so the Romanian's looking to defend his title here in Palm Coast this weekend. And again, weather permitting you know i am planning to be out there so expect to hear a little bit about that on the morning sports busy weekend rich locally the daytona 500s this weekend i haven't decided if i'm going to go out to that or not i have a feeling that they're probably going to be racing that on monday instead of sunday and of course like i said the palm coast tennis open as well and then next week monday is officially the first day of baseball and softball season in flagler county Oh, yeah, I'm pumped up about baseball, as you know, with the WNZF Sports Network. We have been covering the sports here the past year on the radio and also on our uh, Flag the Radio YouTube channel and our, our uh, WNZF Facebook page. We have the live broadcast with the video and the play-by-play -play to enhance your experience. So a lot of different ways to check these games out. And I think we've penciled in our first couple of games. We've got some home games coming up the week of uh february uh, the first game would be the 27th uh, is that matanzas mike the one on the 27th that is fpc versus spruce creek on the 27th and then on the 29th we'll have the pirates versus the atlantic sharks so uh look forward to that again on the flag radio youtube channel watch it there so we're pumped up about that and we've got a couple of crosstown matchups we can't call it the battle for beltaire uh, because that's basketball, and we had, uh, of course, the potato bowl with the football, so we'll figure something out here. But two matchups, it was so nice we had to do it twice, uh, with FPC and Matanzas on the 8th of March and the 14th of March, the 8th at Matanzas, the 14th at FPC. 
we'll be at both of those games and and covering them as well, Mike. I'm pumped up about that one. It was a very exciting baseball season. FPC made that run into the playoffs. It didn't end pretty, but that was a very good Lake Mary team that really got cheated because they lost in the next round. And I really felt like that was a Lake Mary team that was going to go a long way. The problem was they lost their opener, won the next 23. (laughs) And, and, you know, I I said you'd almost like a loss in there because that starts to add up where you say to yourself, like when Lake Mary entered the playoffs against FPC last year, they're 22-1. and They've won 22 in a row. But that means that to win the state championship, they put themselves in a position where they have to win 27 straight games, and that's hard to do. Now, yeah. we talk about making a run. FPC last year closed out winning five in a row, including a run in districts to capture the district champion in a huge upset against Creekside. That was a Creekside team that people thought were going to go maybe – as far as Lake Mary, like the expectation was that Lake Mary and Creekside would be the regional final. You know, they'd be on opposite ends of the bracket playing in the third round of the playoffs. And FPC went in there and beat them 9 nothing at Atlantic Coast High School. That was a fun game to go to. And then, of course, we made the trip down to Lake Mary, which if they make the playoffs, I would expect that we're going to make a trip again and hopefully have a better result. But... A lot of players coming back for for Kyle Marsh's squad. I expect to see some big things from them this year. They really and pick up where they left off. And Matanzas brings back Ethan DeGuglielmo and Ben Affelbach's back. He's coming off of an injury. Braden Russell's back, as well as Seth Avalar and Josh Cope. So we've got we've got some we've got we're going to have some competitive baseball this year. I'm expecting a lot out of baseball this year. Carson Fliss will be back for FPC, as will Dalton Roberts, Connor May, Kevin Maya. The whole gang's there. And, of course, the star of the show, Cody Clymer, as well for the Bulldogs. So it's going to be an exciting baseball season, and I can't wait to get started. Unfortunately, the schedule doesn't work in our favor as they're on the road next week, and the one day they're not on the road, we're on the road. So, um but we will get to that in two weeks or a week and a half, I guess, now. And we'll have some baseball, and I can't wait. Yeah, I'm pumped up for baseball and uh, looking for big things from FPC. You look for the climb. They got to the playoffs last year. We were there with them in Lake Mary. We didn't like the result, but we love the journey, and we're looking forward uh, to being a part of the journey for both the FPC Bulldogs and the Matanzas Pirates as baseball begins here and uh, in, t- in 2024 and and uh, maybe we'll get a, a softball game or two in there as well we'll see what happens but check that out look for it on the wnzf sports network coming in the coming weeks so uh and speak- I mean, yep sorry real quick you reminded me that there is some softball going on today the matanzas preseason classic continues at the ship this morning uh, fpc will be playing this morning as well um so i think the first game's at 9 a.m at the ship so go check that out if you get a chance and then yes we're going to be looking forward going to be a very competitive year in softball as well so you know i'm a softball guy i'm the voice of flagler college softball and so i'm looking forward to that speaking of which while we're talking about college softball former matanzas pirate emma wood was named the envy riddle female athlete of the week last week so congratulations to former pirate Emma Wood, who had a terrific freshman year. She's a sophomore at Embry-Riddle. I'd like to see some of these Flagler County kids go 
and take the 30 mile trip north instead of the 30 mile trip south. But I think that's a show for another day. So <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to move on. I'm not going to bring up, but I will say one more thing. Flatland college softball, nine and three on the year. The best start since 2018. The girls are rolling. If you want to get out to St. Augustine and check them out, feel free. If you want to stay home, tune into the peach belt sports network and put up with me for a few hours and we'll get you some good softball action. But Let's move on, Rich, because there is a lot to talk about. There was a, yeah. a game last week, I think. Oh, yeah. In Vegas. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the the, the Super know, Bowl. Celebrities were there. <laughs> a lot of celebrities, right? Uh, Taylor Swift made it. I know we were all worried about it, but she got there. She had the, the Usher was sweating like Araldis Chapman. <laughs> I stole that. I saw a meme on the internet that said, it said, it was a picture of Usher at the halftime show, and it said Araldis Chapman coming out of the bullpen, which I've always said that Araldis Chapman sweats more than Patrick Ewing on the equator in a sauna. Oh, yeah. He, he had and, issues with that. There's How does he grip the ball with all but that? But he pitched better that way. Yeah. It's like, and CC Sabathia said, and I used to say it for years, and I heard CC say in an interview that CC said the bigger he was, the better he pitched. I always thought that CC was a better pitcher at 290 than he was at 260. And it was. It was like that with Chapman in that the sweatier Chapman was, the better his stuff seemed to be. <laughs> yep, except in big games. Man, he would like to – he he loved to give up that big home run. But, uh... <laughs> well, you know, there was about that. That's true. That's true. Um, especially when you're talking about the Houston game, right? But uh, any anyway, but um... – to the Super Bowl, uh, we, we were and, and I won the picks, Mike. So uh, I, I got the trophy yesterday in the mail uh, for, the, for the playoff run. So our first annual Rich and Mike uh, NFL playoff picks. I come away with the victory, maybe played a little bit of uh, uh, keep away at the end there. Yeah, right. You, you know, you sat on the ball at the end, but that's <laughs> yeah, OK. I, I was put taking myself a, in that hole. So you know, I was taking a knee. Right. <laughs> you know, we we talked. I talked about a, a gutless coach at Creekside. <laughs> From a couple of years, not the current Creekside coach, not the guy who um, defeated FPC this week. That guy's a cool dude. Yeah. But um, which, by the way, that freshman, um, he had like thirty and ten in his next game wow. um, against Tokoy, the freshman that was abusing FPC in the game. You and I both attended that district semifinal at Tokoy last week. That freshman for Creekside, whose name escapes me, um, we'll hear a lot of him. I know in the next couple of years, just because he's about what did you say, six, 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 seven yeah. freshman. Yep. And he had, he was the complete package. But yeah, he had something like thirty and fifteen against Tokoy. I was getting updates from a friend at Tokoy that said, you know, FPC did a much better job with him. Which you wow. know, shout out to Mike Talley and his squad. You know, again, as we talked about all year, going against teams that were bigger, stronger, taller, and you know holding their own. Oh yeah. But that was another case of not that that guy didn't get his against FPC. He did, but yeah, no, you saw, especially with the uh, Anthony Hampton comes to mind and, and he always guarding the bigger guy, but always doing a great job And the way the bulldogs would collapse on big guys after a rebound and get strips and, and make it difficult. You, you just love the way they were coached to deal with size. And, and it definitely uh, was a successful strategy throughout the season. So Super Bowl, Mike, Kansas City 25, San Francisco 22. This was a very interesting game. Maybe put some people to sleep early on as a uh, very little scoring. Chiefs only had three points in the first half, but uh, a lot to get into with this game. Just uh, give me your overall feelings on the game. Is it one of the great greatest Super Bowls of all time? Uh, just, just give me your first impressions of, of the Super Bowl. 
it wasn't a bad Super Bowl. I'm with you. It was a boring first half. The second half really got going. And I, we both picked Kansas City to win. No surprise there that they were able to pull it out. It's just one of those things where you give enough chances to Patrick Mahomes, he's going to get you. I thought people were unfair, and I'm not a big Kyle Shanahan fan, so let me say that. I'm not a big Kyle Shanahan fan, but I thought people were being unfair to him. He can't win the big game. They blew the lead, and yes, they did, but they also had a fumble in the red zone. They had an extra point blocked. Those are things that he can't control. And so he put them in position to win the game. They just didn't. The players didn't execute enough to do it. And then I know we're going to get to this, so I'm probably jumping the gun here. Mm-hmm. But the overtime controversy, right. did you think it was as big a deal as I did? That Did you think it was as big a deal as others did that well, Kansas City took the ball? Well, I mean, um, yeah. San Francisco took the ball. I, I know what you're getting to there. And, and I'll say first, before I answer that question, I think that – um, and, and I talked about it before with the 49ers, right? I have not been impressed with their playoff run to this point. I thought they should have lost to the Lions. Some boneheaded you know, uh, coaching decisions led to them winning that game. They should have lost that game against the Lions, and they probably should have lost against Green Bay, who was a, a, a far uh, inferior team to the San Francisco 49ers. So I felt like the Niners come into the game with really – uh, you know, just not looking like the type of team that should be even playing in the Super Bowl. I just, I was underwhelmed with their performance throughout the playoffs as they got there. However, I will say this, they played by far their best game in the Super Bowl, and it's not even close. It was a clean game. They, you know, they had the fumble early, but for the most part, you know, Purdy didn't throw an interception. Um, they played great on the defensive end. They had a lead for most of this game. They had a 10-point lead. Um, so I, I just uh, I think that this was a game where the Niners showed what they were made of and they can compete with anybody. And I think uh, if they're playing anybody else in the NFL, they probably win that game. You just so happen to be playing one of the greatest players of all time in Patrick Mahomes. And, and like you said, he got you in the end. So they recovered a little bit. It was their best performance of the playoffs. All right. That being said, you get to overtime. Initially, I was not with uh, what a lot. Because there's, first of all, you're confused when the player, when, when, when the, at least I was and a lot of other people were, because you're not familiar with the rules of overtime in the playoffs. This is only the second Super Bowl ever to go to overtime time and the rules have changed to where you're basically starting a new game uh, it's, it's the first quarter all over again it was pretty bizarre actually as the Chiefs drive for that 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 final drive for the the walk-off touchdown where uh, the clock was running out but it didn't matter right the, the clock would have run it runs out and then you just start again like it's the the second quarter and I think they got to work on that a little bit because there would be a lot more drama there if the clock did matter so uh, maybe you only go to a second quarter if the game is tied. So I, I, I felt that uh, that is a flaw in the system to begin with, that the clock is basically, well, I have a clock then, it's irrelevant. Um, so that was interesting. I have an answer for that, but okay, we'll go get to it. Okay, all right. Well, uh, so if, it's, if the game's being played outdoors, you're going to flip the field at the end of the quarter. And believe it or not, if they had played in the second quarter and the, the game hadn't had continued, there would have been a two-minute warning, and then at the end of the half, it becomes just like a regular situation where you you would lose possession. So they, you know, if there was a 
suppose the third quarter, at the end of the second quarter, if Kansas City had the ball, it would go back to San Francisco and so on and so forth. But So there's, there's reasoning behind it. I like your idea. I think that is a way to go is if you you play one quarter, if it's not if it's still tied at the end of that quarter, it's double overtime. Right. So you start all over again. And I, you could you, Can you imagine you if the Chiefs were running off? out of time there and how much drama there would have been, you know? Um but 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 anyway, I I, I was not that against the move from Shanahan at first cuz I felt, you know, go down, score they could have scored a touchdown, but they were stalled and, uh, you know, they kicked a field goal, go down, score, do what you're going to do, and then put it on your defense, go win a Super Bowl. Maybe it's different with Patrick Mahomes back there because you know what he's going to do. The only thing that changed, that changed my mind through the course of the week, and I felt that Shanahan did make a mistake, is that if you do, if you do take the ball second, uh, that second possession becomes four down territory. You know, you don't right. have to worry about punting. You know, you know what, what the deal is. You know what the Chiefs did. They scored a field goal or they scored a touchdown. Now it's four-down territory the entire way where there's a bit of mystery to that when you take the ball first and you might have to punt because you don't know what, what, what the situation is. So I think that's where it's a big mistake because you want that second possession to be four-down territory. Uh, so, yeah, at, at first I, I really didn't see what the big deal was. But as the week went on, I, I, I really do think it was a big mistake. I get his point about because then it truly becomes a walk-off if you get your third possession, right? You score the field goal. If, if Kansas City would have kicked a field goal there, now it becomes a sudden death game and you have the ball in that situation. I, I get that point of it, but I think it's more valuable for your possession in the overtime to be four down territory and, and know exactly what it is you have to do. So, yeah, I do think it was a mistake uh, to do that, Mike. And that's a great point because you basically get a free down right. every, every, every series, because you know, if I don't, if it's first and 10 and I gain one yard it's and second and nine, it's really first and nine. Cause I've got three more downs to pick up that first down. So yep. I, there's definitely some merit to that. I think what he was thinking, and it makes a lot of sense to me, and also the question is, does Kansas City just go for two anyway if, if San exactly. Francisco scores a touchdown? Yeah. You, you never get to that point, but I get the Well, here's with that. Let me just jump in was... here real quick, Mike, because I think that if, if – to, just to go, on that point, I think that if, uh, if San Francisco scores a touchdown, they go for two anyway because then the only thing Kansas City can do is match you. In that situation, to me – it makes absolutely no sense to kick the extra point. You score a touchdown first, you have to go for two. At least that's how I would handle it as the head coach because then Kansas City, the only thing they can do is match you. Especially when you've already had an extra point blocked. So you're taking the chance that it might get blocked again. And their kicker, Moody, was not very sharp in the playoffs. He did have a Super Bowl record field goal for about 20 minutes, but he had not been sharp overall in the playoffs. I think, and like I said, to justify what Shanahan's thinking is, if it gets to a point where the next score wins the game, do I want the ball in my hands or in Patrick Mahomes' hands? And he decided that he wanted it in his hands, which makes sense. And the interesting thing is that in the second half of playoff games in Patrick Mahomes' career, the Chiefs averaged 3.4 points of possession, which means if you give the Chiefs the ball twice, on average, they're going to score 6.8 points or a touchdown. So 
if you give Patrick Mahomes two chances, he the odd the, the the analytics that nobody ever looks at when it comes to these kind of things say he's going to score a touchdown. So if you limit him to one opportunity, maybe you hold him to a field goal. So there's definitely you know I know the analytics people and there's I think your argument is the best argument that extra down means so much. Yeah, a, a holding penalty, a false start, a sack, and for San Francisco, their back's against the wall. For Kansas City, okay, it's we've got three downs to get 15 yards. We've got three downs to make up for the penalty, to make up for the sack, because we've got a free down. They've got a throwaway down every series. And so that definitely yeah. factors into But think it. about it if the roles are reversed there, Mike. If, if Kansas City came out and scored a touchdown on their first possession – now, if Kansas City, if San Francisco gets inside the ten on their possession, they're not kicking a field goal there. They're going for it, you know. So it it, it makes a huge difference. And it, I I don't know. It took me a week to come to this conclusion, but I finally got there. It, it, I had to think about it for a bit. Tell you what almost swayed me, and I'm I'm being stubborn on this for sure. Was Kansas City's reaction to San Francisco taking the ball? Kansas City, who was intimately familiar with overtime and the rules, and it actually spent the week, spent periods during the week preparing for overtime just in case. Their reaction to Kansas City taking the ball, you would have thought by their reaction that Kansas City was punting on first down, or San Francisco was punting on first down the way the Chiefs reacted to it. I don't know if you saw any of that audio. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Or Patrick Mahomes' face when they said, we're taking the ball. It was like, bro, really? Yeah. That's no, they, what you're doing here now? Everybody after the game, including Andy Reid, and they all said if the roles were reversed, we would have definitely taken the ball second. But, you know, you got the GOAT on your team, repeat champions. They got a chance to do something nobody's ever done next year by three-peating. They might do it. Who knows? They got Patrick Mahomes. They got that guy. But right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are your NFL champions. Congratulations. That is the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Have a great weekend, Flagwood County.